When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for joining me. Happy President's Day, uh, especially those of you who get it off and get to enjoy a little bit of uh, an extended weekend. We're going to jump in here and kind of assess where the Pac-12 expansion rumors stand um, after another week has gone by uh, since George Klyopkov's visit to SMU. Um, and since then, a lot of different people weighing in with some some rumors, some reporting, and just kind of wanted to give my take on some of the rumors that you may be hearing regarding the Pac-12 and kind of where things stand based on what at least I am hearing on my end as we're following SMU, potentially joining the Pac-12 as a realignment uh, and expansion candidate, a very real one uh, after George Klyopka's visit to SMU. San Diego State is the other rumored uh, expansion candidate for the Pac-12 uh, to go along with SMU, trying to give them kind of that foothold into uh, Southern California, at least still having a school out there in the league um, with that TV market. So I kind of wanted to dive into some of the rumors that I've seen over the last week, uh, some of the reporting I've seen, and, and give some of my take and opinion based on what I've heard on my end with some of the things you may be hearing. Let's start with the timing. You know, some people think that there's going to be a week. Some people would say it's going to be months. We had Brett McMurphy on the podcast earlier uh, this month, and he, you know, kind of weighed in and said this could be something that, you know, stretches out into even April. And for me, when I sit back and kind of look at how this is trending, and when you look at some of the reporting out there, there's a large contingent, and and I still feel like most would tell you this, that they expect the Pac-12 to expand buy two and add SMU and San Diego State into the mix. What is the timing on that look like? And how does that really um, affect, you know, what this media rights deal looks like? How does expansion happen from there? And the timing that I've kind of maintained, and this was since George Klyovkos visit. So if you go back uh, to that uh, visit, uh, it's been now, uh, I believe, two weeks uh, since he was on SMU's campus for that visit. And I've kind of heard since then that it was a two to three week window. Now, over the past week or so, that's what I've continued to hear, which would then put that as a month since George Klyovkov's visit. So for me, I, I still look at this as something that you would like to see a deal done in the next two to three weeks. So it's February 20th as we're, uh, we're recording this one. You're basically a week and a day before you get into March. I would think by middle of March at the latest, this is when the deal would like to be done. If you view it from the standpoint that I do and some other people do, that SMU and San Diego State are very likely to end up in the Pac-12 as they expand by two. And what would that do in terms of you know negotiating the media rights deal? Because as you watch this deal be put together, 
the big question is what happens first, expansion or media rights deal? Well, I do feel like when you know the Pac-12 is negotiating this deal, their media partners, which presumably Amazon and ESPN, we'll get to that, would like a very firm answer on who is joining the league and that it's official. That would mean expansion before realignment or expansion between the media rights deal happening. And I still feel like that's now, I, I feel like that's now the play. We're going to have to see SMU and San Diego State, at least reportedly, be applying and agreeing to join the Pac-12. Then you can finalize the media rights deal with that um, part of the equation handled. In terms of negotiating that media rights deal, I still feel like they're on the cusp of getting it done. And the reason I say that is, is especially over the last week or so, and, and this part of this is based on whatever what I've heard, and then we've also seen Brett, Brett McMurphy, seen Dennis Dodd here or there, report some things about partner potential partners that are involved. We've seen CBS and Turner um, be reported as out of the negotiations, which we hadn't really heard them being involved in the first place, but you still kind of check off uh, some of those those boxes in terms of checking around with sources uh, on their end of things and, and saying, well, are they involved or could they backdoor? Not going to be the case uh, with those. Really leaves Amazon and ESPN for the most part. Fox obviously has a huge deal uh, in place with the Big Ten and um, uh, the Big 12. Those are kind of the, the key points for them uh, and they're out on uh, the Pac-12 from what we've seen. Then you get into um, what all of that means in terms of where the negotiations stand. You've got to look at Amazon and ESPN as two sides that have certainly not bowed out of this round of negotiations. They seem to be churning ahead. The question is, how does this all come together? I mean, this is a deal that is going to be very complicated from the standpoint of if Amazon is on board, you do have a partner that is now adding college sports into their repertoire. They've not done a large number of games uh, that they'll need to with a league like the Pac-12. They've done the Thursday night for the NFL. It's once a week. It's a massive production. They're going to have to have their ducks in a row when it comes to streaming all of this. ESPN, they've had a foothold with the Pac-12, with that Pac-12 after dark window. They have familiarity there. They're not looking for a large number of games. But negotiating that pecking order for that part of the deal when you involve a second media partner is probably the most difficult thing. How does the money work out? And that's where we lead into our next question. What is the money looking like for the Pac-12 in this new media rights deal when it's all said and done? We've seen some people, John Canizano, uh, report that it's going to exceed the Big 12s. Uh, Pete Thamel had an in-depth piece come out on ESPN. And a lot of people that he's talked with are saying that unless George Klyovkov has something up his sleeve, it's not necessarily expected to uh, surpass the Big 12 media rights deal, which, you know, that is going to be kind of the threshold of what uh, of how George Klyovkov is judged on this. And I've said this for the on the podcast for a while. George Klyovkov was dealt an extremely poor hand um, thanks to Larry Scott. They completely mismanaged all their media rights uh, under his leadership. Uh, they they just completely 
botched it all uh, into a way where, um, like Pete reported, uh, he's got a ditch to dig out of. And that's probably the biggest issue for the Pac-12 is they are digging themselves out of a ditch. Not only have they lost USC and UCLA, but because of that, their media rights negotiation that has been taking place for quite some time certainly took a big hit in terms of price per school. Those are your flagships. They're in LA. They're name brand schools. How do you recover from that in terms of losing that amount of money, which has now helped the Big 12 uh, or the Big 10 earn and expected more than $30 million a school more than what the Pac-12 and Big 12 are getting. It's crazy to see that type of money in that league now. And for George Klyovkov, he has to find a creative way to somehow pit Amazon and ESPN when it comes to their negotiations against each other to try to drum up as much money as possible. And for both Amazon and ESPN, I feel like this is a situation, especially with Amazon, that if they don't jump on this, they don't uh, agree to a media rights deal with the Pac-12, they're going to be left out of the college football world, which is something that it seems like they're forging ahead in terms of trying to get into. Um, one theory that Pete Thamel kind of floated is that, well, if there is expansion for the Big Ten somehow with Oregon and Washington, or if there is expansion with the four, four corner schools with the Big 12, how does that affect Amazon? Would they be able to pick up a sub-lease, so to speak, on the media rights package for those two leagues. Here's the thing. When it comes to the four corner schools, there is not a lot of buzz from what I've heard on those schools leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. And it's something where, yes, uh, Brett Yormark has been very proactive in terms of um, you know putting that league into a position where, all right, they have now signed their next deal. They have um, you know secured more money from uh, and not necessarily more money they have they have um, been able to get you know the Fox um, especially kicked back money um, from or Oklahoma and Texas leaving for the SEC early it's been a win in that regard for their early exit um, for Brett Yormark and the next thing on his list is expansion can he make it all three in terms of his big you know three goals uh, when taking over as Big 12 commissioner, I'm not so sure. From everything I hear, and especially when it comes to some of the support SMU's receiving from Pac-12 schools in terms of joining, I'd be very surprised if the four corner schools, so to speak, do depart for the Big 12. When it comes to Oregon and Washington, they're more of a, a, a precarious situation, and it all depends on that grant of rights. You know, it's no secret that Oregon and Washington view themselves on the level of a USC and a UCLA when it comes to this, and they want to be making that type of money. Who brings that in? The Big Ten. That's going to be something to watch as this whole thing unfolds and kind of pits uh, the pack, puts the Pac-12 in a very precarious situation because if the Big Ten were to be able to move at some point, once their new commissioner is in, because theirs is leaving for the NFL, that's where if this thing drags on, time does kill deals. And that's the one worry that I really have when it comes to this is if this thing drags on and they're able to, you know, kind of milk it out into the point where we're going to see a potential move made um, with Oregon and Washington and the Big Ten. That's the kind of the wild card on this, in my opinion, is those schools potentially holding out 
for that big money from the big Big Ten and saying, all right, we're willing to wait and we're willing to wait and see what the new commissioner of the Big Ten wants to do with us. That's going to be something to watch if this media rights negotiations drags out even farther. Um, it's a very interesting situation with the Pac-12 and this media rights deal. Like I said, some are looking at this as a situation where you could hit $30 million and above, which I think the position that the Pac-12 is in as far as their negotiating power and willingness to get a deal done, that stands out to me the most. That means they're going to be able to, or they're going to have to give up some money if they're going to get a deal done as quickly as they need to, which would include a grant, a grant of rights, which then would lock in this group for a longer term uh, than, than what we're you know, really seeing right now, you know, at least five years in terms of a grant of rights, uh, which would put them back at the table um, in the late 2020s. Uh, yeah, the late 2020s. Uh, weird to say in, in that sense. Uh, but that's going to be interesting in terms of can they weather this storm? And does this media rights deal give them enough money to say, all right, we're going to stick together like they released in their statement and ride this out? For me, a lot of the signs are pointing to the Pac-12 sticking together and getting this deal done. There's too much buzz around what SMU and San Diego State are expecting to happen. And that is the Pac-12 to expand by two. And for Amazon and ESPN, if the, if the Pac-12 doesn't expand, that is a, probably a little bit of a sign that, look, this thing is in a precarious spot. This might not be something that we're going to you know, want to pay a high price for. They want more options in that league. And for both Amazon and ESPN, that involves a new time zone, SMU, the central time zone, opens up different time slots for Pac-12 teams to get on TV or get on streaming. That's going to be something that's important, much more so than the actual TV sets in the DFW area. But those will still be at least delivered in some sense when you look at the Pac-12 teams that could be playing SMU in the central time zone. As far as total value, I still see this Pac-12 deal coming in just at or just below the Big 12 media rights deal. George Klyovkov, and look, he's a Las Vegas native. Uh, maybe he's got a trick up his sleeve. Maybe he's been able to uh, get this deal past the Big 12. But sources on my side of things, probably a little pessimistic about that happening. And it's because of the hole that the Pac-12 is in, which when you look at George Klyovkov trying to negotiate this thing, a five-year grant of rights would be something that would be optimal because it can stabilize the league and allow them to maybe – revitalize themselves a little bit, have a fresh look at this in 2029 or so, 2028, and assess from there. How's streaming going? Are we more attractive now? What do we need to tweak? Did we earn ourselves more money? Uh, do we need to expand by another two schools and, and push this thing even more? Those are all things that can be on the table farther down the line um, because then you've, you've kicked it down the road. You've kicked the can down their road. You've given those schools a deal that's worth it in terms of sticking around and a stability piece that the Pac-12 hasn't had. And they need to spend this next five years or so, if that's how long the grant of rights is, by rebranding how they package all of their content. And getting together with Amazon and ESPN is the way that this is going to happen. A lot of change coming to college football in 2024. 
The Big Ten and the SEC are going to add their 16-team leagues into the fold. They're going to have a ton of the buzz. It's looking like more of a power two than a power five. The ACC is somewhat unstable. We've talked about that. That's a that's a group of schools that once that grant of rights is up, you've got to expect some changes coming to college football, once again, in conference realignment. How does that impact that overall money value of the Pac-12? I still look at this as a Band-Aid of sorts for the league. I think it's very difficult at the same time to break up a league, which is why I'm confident in the Pac-12's future as a league. But you've got to get through this storm that they're going through, which is just a complete rebuild from what Larry Scott had done to the league when he was commissioner. George Klyovkov's leading that. From what I hear, it's not just that unity statement. There's a lot of energy around and positive energy that they are going to stick together through this and ride this out and see how it goes. And SMU, San Diego State, those are looking like the two likely additions to this league. Now, some of the other you know, negative vibes that have been put out there here and there around the league's future. When this next deal is up, do they break up? Like I just said, I don't see that happening. I feel like this is a league that obviously has been around for quite some time. It's a situation where once you're a power five, and Brett McMurphy talked about this, it's very hard to break you up. Yes, things are changing across college football. There is USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten, OU in Texas, a little bit more regional in this sense, but going to the SEC. What does the future of college football look like? Is it going to consolidate into a Big Four? And what does that look like? Does the Big 12 eat up some of those schools? Um, do we see the ACC eventually add schools or do they break up and it all just kind of meshes into a coast to coast conference with the ACC leftovers and the big or the Pac-12 leftovers? Those are all things that are going to be answered way, way down the line. But when it comes to these leagues, we have not seen them break up. They've rebranded, they've repositioned themselves and they've added schools. And in some cases they've lost schools, but it does look like a power five, at least in that sense, is here to stay for quite some time. And the proximity that the Pac-12 is to completing this media rights deal would back that up. When it comes to SMU's stance in conference realignment, and especially the Pac-12 and the Big 12, where does SMU stand? What are the conversations being had? Look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Big 12 is going to take SMU. What I can tell you is that the Big 12 has not closed the door on SMU. There are still discussions going on with both sides um, throughout the last couple of weeks. You know, mainly the message is keep us in the loop. Keep us in the loop. We want to be in the discussion with you and see if when push comes to shove, something is going to be able to be worked out. And when you're looking at commissioners and the ones that do a really good job, this is where Brett Yormark is setting the tone for his legacy already because he's doing a good job of that. He's kicking the tires on the four corner schools. He's trying to get them involved and rightfully so. He's also holding discussions with SMU, holding discussions with other programs out there and looking at different avenues that he could add value to their conference. I mean, just a while back, you looked at, Gonzaga as a basketball only addition to the conference. That's those are the type of things he's trying to add value to this conference with. And 
I think he deserves a lot of credit. He's been doing a really good job since taking over for the big uh, as Big 12 commissioner. Part of his job is to continue to keep avenues open. And that's in part why the Big 12 is still talking with SMU. Obviously, they're local. Obviously, they make a lot of sense in terms of if you're trying to build a regional conference with great traditional rivalries, SMU would make sense in that uh, aspect of it, as well as keeping the Pac-12 out of Big Big 12 country. That's the question that Brett Yormark and university presidents in the Big 12 have to answer. Will they keep the Pac-12 out of Big 12 country um, and especially the DFW Metroplex? Uh, because, look, if you give the Pac-12 a footing, it's it's a wild card. It's a wild card situation where, look, we've talked a lot about what SMU has in place and the opportunities SMU could have if they join a Pac, a Pac-12, a Power 5 conference. And if that's the case and you let a new conference into your area, how does it impact those schools? How does it impact the Pac-12's value? Does it positively impact them so that when they go back to the table, if they're renegotiating in five years, and are they in a better position than you long-term? The Big 12 stability is rooted in the fact that, quite frankly, they don't have many schools that people want anymore. You know, that's the reality of it. The Pac-12, could they take a school or two? Maybe. Big 10, not going to take any of those schools. ACC, not going to take any of those schools. And the SEC, really not going to take any of the schools left over. So, you know, they found a way to work out OU and Texas into the mix so that Oklahoma State's left behind. That tells me the SEC doesn't want Oklahoma State. And that would pretty much be the only one you'd look at and say, hmm, could the SEC make a move to give Oklahoma an in-state partner in the league? But it didn't. That's the stability of the Big 12. The Big 10 and the SEC, their stability is they're growing and they're mega conferences with mega TV deals. The ACC has some good football. They're in a fairly safe position, but that's a league that could be picked apart when it all comes down to it. These are all things to keep in mind as you look at the, the position that Brett Yormark is operating from. You know, the Big 12 would love to look at something from the ACC, but in reality, they've got a grant of rights that is ironclad for the most part, and it runs for quite some time. And if anyone's going to take schools from that league, it's probably the SEC and the Big 10. You know, the ACC doesn't view the Big 12 as a league that really, you know, a lot of those schools in the ACC that they should be running to. You know, that's not a league that has a lot of buzz. It doesn't improve your position as much as a move to the Big Ten and the SEC would for some of those programs. So Brett Yormark's kind of playing with house money at this point. He's got their deal done. He's got the ability to at least kick the can um, down the road in terms of how can I improve this league to make it more attractive when we do have that next round of um, TV negotiations. And doing that would require him adding schools because – Look, TCU had a magical season. Oklahoma State had a great season again. Uh, Texas Tech was kind of a fun story. There are other programs in that league that have certainly made noise. But at the end of the day, is that buzz sustainable? Probably not. And they're going to be one of the bottom two leagues with the Pac-12. And Brett Yormark has to strike when the iron's hot in terms of trying to add these schools. Because if not, they're not going to be in necessarily a better position long-term. You know, the Pac-12 does have some schools um, that they need a rebrand. They need a revitalization with a new media rights deal. 
Um, and that's something that George Klyovkov is leading. There's more upside with the Pac-12. You know, the Big 12 is is trending towards more of just a regional rivalry-based conference. And predominantly in Texas, which is fine. But you're not stretching into a large, large territory, save for West Virginia in that league. Um, you're stretching up into the Midwest a little bit and uh, Central United States, but you're not making huge waves with where that league is. The only way to do that is to add the Arizona schools, add Colorado, um, make some moves in that regard, add Utah. Uh, but, you know, the Pac-12 has some schools right now that generate buzz year in, year out. Utah is doing a really strong job recruiting. Oregon has plenty of buzz. UW, Washington State, um, or Oregon State is coming off a really, really good year. You know, Stanford is, is going through a change in their program. And then, of course, they've got Colorado. Uh, they've got that program with Deion Sanders running the show. There's some upside to what the Pac-12 has long term. They just need to add a little bit more inventory, and they need to find a media rights deal that really settles the waters long term for them. So for me, I still don't see uh, SMU seeing many roadblocks to the Pac-12 at this point. Um, the wild card I see is Oregon and Washington. But I can tell you, the door is not closed on the Big 12 just yet. Um, it's unlikely. I'll be the first to say that. But when you're having these discussions at a very high level, the best thing you can do is, hey, keep me in mind. That's on both SMU and the Big 12 side, and I've confirmed that from multiple sources involved and uh, other the other industry sources that I trust as well. That's the right thing to do if you're Brett Yormark. He's trying to add schools. That's what the Big 12 needs to do. And to close the door completely on one is something he's not going to do. There are schools in opposition of SMU joining the Big 12. I can tell you that right now. There are also some that are much more friendly that idea than you might even think. Uh, but right now, SMU to the Pac-12 looks like the expected destination for the Mustangs. When does that happen? That's the big question, um, which we talked about it earlier in the podcast. Uh, how does this all play out? When could this um, happen? And I want to just kind of finalize final thoughts on this one in the podcast for you guys by just saying, I feel like by middle of March, this is something that probably falls into place and whether what that looks like and how it ends up being announced. I don't even know. And a lot of people don't know, but what I hear is that you're going to see a bang, bang expansion of media rights deal for the PAC 12 that would involve SMU and San Diego state by the middle of March. And I've been very careful on, you know, not necessarily penning myself in on a timeline, but I've been pretty adamant that throughout the fall, I wasn't expecting anything to happen in terms of Pac-12 and media rights deal and expansion. That played out now into 2023. And trying to look at this and piece together what's going to happen next, I would think middle of March is what I'm hearing and, and kind of where this is headed in terms of a final decision um, on the league's future and trying to get that in place so they can move forward and start planning for the years to come. Otherwise, this is going to be um, something where it gets a little it gets a little tricky. I think as this thing, now that there's been buzz, there's been a very public visit, there's been public courtships, uh, if you want to call them that, this has to move forward. It has to make a move fairly quickly um, for George Klyovkov and the Pac-12. 
And that's really what it comes down to. They've got to move somewhat quickly. And we talked earlier this year after George Klyovkov's visit, what does quickly look like? Quickly to me looks like this being finalized by the middle of March, at least breaking news um, on the side of media outlets and things like that, that this is agreed to, this is happening. Um, and, and then things being finalized, you know, heading into the summer formally and an exit plan and exit strategy and all those things. Um, we've heard rumors uh, about, well, if SMU gets into the Pac-12, would they add any sports? Talking with sources, it's a long shot. Just doesn't seem likely that SMU will have to add sports to join the Pac-12. Um, and I don't think they're in a position to necessarily do that. Obviously, baseball and softball are the big ones that would come up. SMU sits in a very talent-rich recruiting base in terms of baseball, which would be fun in that aspect. But at the same token, it would require a massive, massive commitment from multiple donors to endow the sports, build stadiums, or secure agreements, which is very difficult to do, um, whether it be on campus or off. And that to start up a program from scratch like that, especially those two sports, would be very, very difficult to do. I would think if they're adding anything, they could add track and field and, and some other matching sport um, on the women's side to, to make this work. But right now, I don't, I don't hear of and I don't think um, there's, there's going to be any sports added when it comes down to this. And finally, how real uh, is this standoff in a way between the Big 12 and the Pac-12? And I was talking with one source the other night, and they put it to me like this. It's, it's a game of chicken. Who's going to blink first? Um, is Are the media rights uh, partners for the Pac-12 going to blink? And are they going to give in and give more money? And, and George Klyovkov is going to get that rabbit uh, out of his hat in terms of a strong media rights deal? Or is the Pac-12 going to you know bend a little bit and say, you know what, let's get this done. It involves us taking a little bit less per school and maybe the Big 12. But you know what? It needs to happen. And on the flip side... SMU is kind of in the middle of this. This is a this is a good position for SMU to be in, in my opinion. You look at their conversations, still ongoing with the Big 12, very much loosely, very much unlikely right now that SMU would join the Big 12, but just having the Pac-12 certainly showing you a strong amount of interest and the Big 12 even talking to you, it's a game of chicken. And when it comes to SMU, if they told the, the Big 12, hey, this is happening, this is your last shot, does the Big 12 blink and let SMU into their club and avoid the Pac-12 joining uh, the state of Texas in terms of mining that for college talent like the SEC has now been able to with two programs in the state? That's going to be another piece of this that's a complete wild card. So I wanted to just kind of share some thoughts on, on some of the rumors that I've seen over the weekend. Um, obviously, there are tons of accounts right now that are going on and on about uh, – realignment and uh, conference expansion, especially around the Pac-12 and Big 12. And it's tough to kind of decipher a lot of that um, reporting here or there. But, uh, you know, I can tell you that tracking this, you've got to be very careful. The, the truth is somewhere in the middle. You know, you look at will the Pac-12 expand, for example. We've seen some say, you know, that there's still a strong chance, a strong enough chance that they don't. On the flip side, they've got the potential to sign a media rights deal that is more than the Big 12. I don't think that's something that can be, you know, necessarily true. You know, if there's if they've got the positioning to, you know, sign a media rights deal that is stronger than what the Big 12 has, I got to believe that thing would be pretty much agreed to and ready to go. 
there's always things to work out. There's always that, you know, back and forth and negotiations and all those things that have to happen. And it's a hard thing to put together. It's not something you snap your fingers and it's done. But at the same time, you can't not have a strong option in terms of expanding and at the same time have the ability to, uh, you know, secure a media rights deal that's going to really position your future in a strong way. I don't think those are two things that can be true at once. The truth is always in the middle in this stuff. There are some extremes out there on both sides. Uh, we've heard, you know, since George Klaufkoff's visit that it was a coronation uh, from some. Nope, not the case. Uh, it is still being worked out. And uh, right now, I would just sit here and tell you what I've told you guys. I, I feel like SMU and San Diego State are going to be added to the Pac-12 at some point. When that is, I don't have a final answer for you guys. But I can tell you, I think middle of March would make a lot of sense in terms of the, allowing the amount of time necessary to get this deal done uh, on both the media rights side and expansion targets with SMU and San Diego State. So long podcast, did want to just kind of share some updated thoughts, a lot of reporting being done nationally on this and kind of where things stand. I like SMU and San Diego State to join the Pac-12 when maybe mid-March, we'll see if that uh, ends up being true. But I do feel like things are still moving in a positive direction for SMU. And we'll see um, if there's any wild cards up George Klyovkov or Brett Yormark's sleeve uh, in regards to conference realignment and conference expansion. So thanks for listening to this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I will say before we go, um, SMU grabs a much needed basketball win over East Carolina on Sunday. They were able to uh, you know, bounce back from what was a tough loss in Greenville, uh, South Carolina, last uh, or last month. Um, they won 86-70. FAO DJ, ODG and Sam Williamson led the way. Zurich Phelps had another solid day. This is a team that I felt like coming off of that Houston game, Rob Lanier commented, and I think I asked him the question, just kind of what he's seeing from them and why the team keeps buying in and and playing hard. And he says, look, for some reason, this team just believes, and that's what makes it fun for him, is that they keep believing that they're going to turn the corner. They keep believing that they're going to get better. And that's what makes it fun for him to come in every day and work with this group. He's disappointed in the outcome of the season overall, and certainly some of the games that they've had. But this group just keeps coming back for more. And, and Sam Williamson said that as well after the Houston loss. You know, he he just was adamant. He said, we believe we can make noise. We believe we can make noise in the AAC tournament. That second half against Houston, that start to the game, and I think the overall second half effort, quite frankly, was really strong by SMU. You know, I think they got it down to nine points at some point late in the second half before Houston you know, kind of pulled away a little bit and battled back and, and didn't allow it to end up being close, um, you know, at the end. But that's a Houston team that's the number two team in the country. I mean, they they and they could be very well number one by the time I'm recording this podcast. But um, this is a this is a Houston team that just looks like men um, out there playing against boys a lot of nights. And uh, you saw them you know, took care of business once again against Memphis um, and did so in a strong fashion. And SMU built a little confidence, I think, from that second half against um, Houston, and now they they pushed it on. Uh, to playing East Carolina on Sunday, and they were able to grab a win. I feel like that was a that was a win that was important. You know, after after losing um, in a close one 
on the road earlier this year, uh, for them to bounce back, um, you know, from the week they had going into the Houston game, you know, close loss to Wichita State. Um, they weren't able to uh, finish that one off. They they just kind of screwed it up, quite frankly, you know, completely uh, in every sense. Then they have a strong start against Houston. They got overmatched, but battled back and played really hard. For them to see the fruits of that labor uh, with a win against Eastern, East Carolina, I thought was important. You know, 86-70, very convincing. Now you head on the road at USF. On Saturday, you have almost a full week off, um, kind of a good chance to reset and give you an opportunity to you know, work on some things and build off of what uh, they've been, you know, putting together uh, as of late. You know, they've won, uh, you know, two of their last four. Um, and before that, you know, it was kind of all bad. There was this team was all over the place. Um, but you look at what they've been able to do, uh, scoring 72 plus points um, in, in uh, every game except that Houston game. Um, I think this offense is starting to kind of click a little bit. It's a little helter skelter helter-skelter as we've seen, but they go on the road at USF, who's 11 and 16, four and 10 in league play. Then you host Memphis to close out your home slate. So Kendrick Davis potentially uh, could be healthy for that one. And you've got a chance to uh, ruin um, one of his final regular season games, uh, which is also senior day for SMU, mind you. So no honoring, obviously, Kendrick Davis um, on that one. But you know, Memphis sits at 20 and seven right now, 10 and four in the league. Um, and if you kind of look at this opportunity for SMU to reset a little bit, you know, they scored more than Memphis did against Houston. Um, they, they were able to, you know, piece together a strong outing against East Carolina in the end with an 86 70 win. You can go grab a win at USF and, and, you know, pull it together on the road. All bets are off against what the, for what this team could do against Memphis, you know, Memphis, you know, handled SMU pretty easily earlier this season um, on, uh, you know, on home court. Uh, they won 99-84, uh, but that was a game that SMU's offense was cooking. If Memphis doesn't have Ken Kendrick Davis, maybe all bets are off and maybe SMU is able to snag a win. And then they head on the road to Cincinnati to close things out in the regular season. So the end of the regular season is approaching. SMU's team is kind of playing with a little bit of the sense that, Hey, maybe maybe we can make some noise. You know, we've stuck together. We played really hard, and that's half the battle. And who knows? Um, but I, I just think when you look at the effort they played with down big against Houston in the second half, that was something they could build off of. They did. They capitalized on it with a win against East Carolina. Now they have to keep that forward momentum going as they go on the road on Saturday against USF. Um, so they've got some time off, kind of a chance to reset a little bit. Before that stretch run, uh, which would include, you know, Memphis and then Cincinnati uh, to close out the regular season, and then you get into the AAC tournament here in Fort Worth. So um, I, I, I'm interested to see how this team finishes out the season. They've maintained that they're sticking together, and their their effort and commitment to playing hard kind of shows that. Um, let's see if if down the stretch they can, you know, piece together something positive in these last three regular season games. So. With that, guys, going to close out this edition of the podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Keep you know helping us grow that page. Um, well over 600 subscribers. We need to get it to 700, and then we need to get it to 1,000. It's a huge, huge, huge 
um, help to us if you can subscribe to that YouTube channel. We appreciate you guys who have. We are closing in on spring practice for SMU as well. We are just over a week away from the start of that. We did get our media schedule. We'll get to see the Mustangs practice with Rhett Lashley at the helm for spring practice number two under his direction, March 4th. And then from there, basically every Tuesday, Thursday outside of spring break until the spring game on April 14th. So thank you guys for listening to this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Please subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com, just $10 a month um, as we bring you guys plenty of scoop on realignment, uh, recruiting, and spring practice right around the corner. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great rest of the week, and I hope you guys had a great weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.